How DHS cyber threat information sharing helped to limit damage of the WannaCry ransomware attack in the United States. And the Security and Exchange Commission considers toughening requirements on businesses in reporting cyber breaches. These stories and more coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. May 12th this year fell on a Friday. It was the day the WannaCry ransomware attack began targeting computers running the Microsoft Windows operating system. The malware did far more damage to enterprises in Europe and Asia, especially Russia, Ukraine, India, and Taiwan, as well as one British organization, the National Health Service. Though not spared entirely, American entities escaped the wrath of the WannaCry ransomware attackers. Jeanette Manfra has an explanation why U.S. companies fared better than its counterparts overseas. Manfra is one of the highest-ranking cybersecurity policymakers at the Department of Homeland Security, serving as Assistant Secretary for Cybersecurity and Communications. Manfra says DHS's initiatives to share cyber threat information with foreign governments as well as U.S. businesses help mitigate damage from WannaCry in the U.S., as dawn broke on May 12th, the WannaCry attack seemed to follow the sun, with initial cyber assaults occurring in Eastern Asia and moving westward. Manfred picks up the story as she related at a Washington Post-sponsored cybersecurity forum held last week. It started in Asia, early morning, a Friday before Mother's Day weekend. Because we had been building partnerships with similar organizations to ours within Asia and Europe, we were getting information from them early in the morning before anything had even happened in the United States. We were a receiver, and we were completely benefiting from their experiences and sharing not only what their governments were seeing, but what they were um, getting from their industries. And as it sort of traversed the globe and got into Europe, and we had the National Health Service issue, we were, we were having uh, just incredible engagement with the you know similar entities across Asia were passing information back and forth and then sort of got us into the position where we had a sense of limited understanding because you know early moments not everybody knows exactly what what's know, happening yeah. but we were getting the sense of okay here's what's happening here's how how it's being executed here's what's being used because we have all of the major telecommunications providers they actually sit in our building with us so we had them on a call in the early afternoon and they were sort of sharing what they were seeing and what actions they could take if we started to see something happening in the United States and, you know, kind of sharing information real time back and forth with people in the room with us. But we've also got financial sector representatives that sit on the floor. We have aviation, we have health and human services folks, and we have state and local representatives on the floor. One of the things that highlights the commitment and partnership that we have with industry when we started to see things and we're starting to get more and more concerned after we saw what was going on the European side, I put out a call to IT and security company partners and I said, hey, if you want to get a call on a call at 9 p.m. on a Friday night, we're going to have a call. We'll share with you what we know and we'd love to hear what you have. We had 45 companies get on wow. a call with us at 9 o'clock at night. And every single major security firm basically donated uh, us analysts over the weekend. We were sharing malware back and forth. They were reviewing our products. We were able to get a product, a public product out on Saturday morning. That was a result of that collaboration. All through the weekend, they stayed on the line with us on these chat rooms and, and helping us pick all this apart. I really believe that that's the model for the future. It really just highlights all of the work that's gone on for years and years and years. It doesn't get a lot of uh, public play. I think a lot of people don't know that, but just tremendous partnership and just willingness that we're all sort of in this together. Mm -hmm. And we have to have that willingness. We have to be able to share things that maybe aren't perfect mm -hmm. yet, um, but it's such a you know exciting time and, and I'm just truly honored to be able to be a part of it. 
That's DHS Assistant Secretary for Cybersecurity and Communications, Jeanette Manfra, providing a case study on how cyber threat information sharing works. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The breach at the credit reporting agency Equifax exposed the personal information of 145.5 million Americans. The Equifax breach highlights the fact that digital information is a critical asset for many organizations. That detail has been known for a long time, but it's only been recently that many enterprises have begun to appreciate that as a truism. Dante Disparte is founder and CEO of the strategy and risk advisory firm Risk Cooperative, and speaking at the Washington Post Cybersecurity Forum, he cited Alphabet and Google Chairman Eric Schmidt, who characterized data as being the new oil. But that's where the comparison stops, because oil has universal valuation, it has um, geographic restrictions, etc., where data does not. And so in that sense, it gets back to my message about this is a systemic risk. Drawing an analogy to banks, Desparte said people only care about bank liquidity when a risk exists on a run on banks. We only care about informational assets when, when it's exposed. And so I think the regulatory platform for the future has to require organizations, especially publicly quoted ones, and these systemic institutions like Equifax that are hiding in plain sight, to disclose to the public what share of their valuation is derived from informational assets. Because everybody owns it, but nobody wants it at all, which is why we're rushing to put things into the cloud. We're rushing to create vendor relationships to offset the risk, but we still own it Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, just like liquidity in banks. And and you only know that it's valuable in in a stress scenario or when, when people are claiming it. The growing understanding of information as a corporate asset is among the reasons federal regulators are contemplating updating requirements on how publicly traded companies report data risk and cyber breaches to consumers. Joining me to discuss potential changes in the Security and Exchange Commission reporting requirements is Data Breach Today Executive Editor Matthew Schwartz. Hey, Matt. Hi, Eric. The SEC implemented the current requirements six years ago. What do they require? Simply put, the SEC told publicly traded companies that they need to disclose any information that is of material cybersecurity importance in a timely, comprehensive, and accurate manner. Now, By cybersecurity information, it means any risks or events that a reasonable investor would consider important or investment decision making. What changes could we expect from the SEC? That's not entirely clear. Jay Clayton, the current chairman of the SEC who came in earlier this year, and now more recently William Hillman, who is the relatively new director of corporation finance for the SEC, have both indicated that they would like to see some additional reporting requirements. Hinman, speaking at a conference last week, said, and I quote, current guidance is in pretty good shape. But he also said that there's a couple of things they'd like to look at. I am guessing that they're going to be looking for businesses to prove that when there's something suspicious happening internally of an information security nature, that it gets elevated to the senior managers and to the board of directors quickly so that they can act on it. Here's the SEC's thinking as relayed by Clayton to a Senate banking committee earlier this fall. Companies should be disclosing more. As I look across the landscape of disclosure, and I have been saying this for some time, companies should be providing better disclosure about their risk profile. Companies should be providing sooner disclosure about intrusions that may affect shareholders' investment decisions. And I also believe that across 
the landscape of our markets, not just company by company or regulator by regulator, but across our markets, there should be better disclosure as to the cyber risks we face. We saw Equifax earlier this year apparently not taking proper notice of a security incident. Its chief legal officer, who was in charge of its security program, gave the sign-off to some senior executives to sell stock after a suspected or suspicious incident came to light, when really the organization should have locked that sort of thing down so there wasn't any question about insider trading. So I think we're going to see that. And I think we could also see a push for faster disclosures and faster notification. Yahoo got dinged last year by the news anyway, that the SEC is probing the speed with which it did or did not disclose breaches which anybody would find material because one involves 500 million users, another 3 billion accounts. Any indication when the SEC will revise cyber breach reporting requirements? The SEC has not released any timeline, but the fact that the head of the SEC and one of the top regulators inside the SEC are previewing these sorts of changes means that they are almost assuredly coming down the pike. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Eric. Finally, massive data breaches at big businesses such as Yahoo, LinkedIn, and Adobe have raised business awareness that criminals may attempt to seize their users' accounts. But as ISMG security and technology editor Jeremy Kirk reports, users' widespread reuse of login credentials, plus a general lack of basic defenses by so many businesses, continue to leave the public at risk. But a new study shows the continued success of bog-standard credential collection schemes. The conclusion is startling. It's not the rare massive breaches that necessarily put us at the largest risk. It's the pedestrian schemes, think phishing and keyloggers, that have hardly changed tactics since the mid-2000s. The study comes from researchers at Google, the University of California, Berkeley, and the International Computer Science Institute. The researchers say their paper is the first longitudinal measurement study of how successful the acquisition of recycled login credentials is in taking over someone's Gmail account. Whether an attacker used a keylogger or a phishing kit had a dramatic difference as to whether a Gmail account could be compromised. Phishing victims are 400 times more likely to be successfully hijacked compared to a random Google user. The rate falls to roughly 40 times for keylogger victims and 10 times for data breach victims. Unlike keyloggers, phishing kits collect a range of other useful information that helps defeat systems designed to detect suspicious login attempts. Many phishing kits collect geolocation information, phone numbers, and user agent strings. That enables attackers to attempt to more closely mimic someone's computer when trying to access an account. Amazingly, keyloggers and phishing kits haven't changed much in a decade. Phishing kits, for example, use the same PHP framework and reporting mechanisms for transmitting stolen credentials to attackers. The findings add hard data to what was already known. Password reuse fuels successful credential theft schemes and puts users at great risk. Of all the passwords collected by the researchers, between 7 to 25% could unlock a Gmail account. So what should you do? It's the same advice that has been imparted on the security community for a long time. Don't reuse passwords, use a password manager, and enable two-factor authentication. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chavro. Catch you next time. Music